Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. This is your fresh weekly report on housing conditions in Oklahoma City that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. We are and will always be one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. Happy 4th of July. And God bless America. All right. Welcome to episode 48 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. This show features Mike from Wild 104.9. We're going to be chatting with him later in the show. It's this morning show in the region. It's the Wild Wake Up. Parental consent advised for this one. Later on in the show, mature content will be coming up as we talk with one of the leading morning show hosts in Oklahoma City in a long format, a show style I've always wanted to do. But most importantly on the show today is the June metrics are in. June being one of the top selling months of the year for Oklahoma City. It's very important to watch these key metrics as they develop through the summer months. June median sales price for the entire MLS came in at 189.9. That's up 11.7% from last year. Okay. And in the Northwest, Oklahoma City wide, it's up 13.5% from last year. I repeat, 13.5%. Red hot market. I've been saying this time and time again, and these metrics are proving it. 176 was the median sales price in Northwest Oklahoma City, with the entire MLS coming in at 189.9. Again, great improvements over last year, this time in June. <clears throat> it now being July 2nd at the time of this recording. We can now look back at how June performed now that the number's in. What does this mean for the month's supply of homes? We're now at 2.4 for Northwest Oklahoma City, which is a 4.3% increase over last year this time, which tells us that we're slightly leaning away from the seller's market and into that buyer's market, still very far away with six months being our median uh, entry level for buyer's market. When you hit six months, it's totally a buyer's market. Still many months away from that, but headed the right direction. I don't like to see a super red hot seller's market for too long. It, it, it speaks of market volatility that's unhealthy. And so this correction is then beginning. Now we are looking at a entire MLS though, month's supply of inventory going down 6.5% as we see the rural and outlying areas. Uh, new construction has slowed in some of those zones due to the tariffs and other things that we've talked about on the show. So we're down at 2.9%. Uh, that's down from 3.1% last year. However, in Northwest Oklahoma City, we're beginning to see stabilization 
from 2.3 to 2.4 this year, which is just a tenth of a percent difference. However, it's going the right direction. For your June homes for sale total, we were up 6.1% on the northwest side of Oklahoma City and down 1.3% MLS wide, bringing the numbers in at 6,539 homes for sale MLS wide and just 993 homes on the northwest side. That is up from last year, this time in June, which was 936 homes sold or listed in June. As far as our median days on market, this is your key metric letting you know how many days on market can be expected during the life cycle of your listing in June of 2019 this year we were down 47% on the northwest side that's almost a 50% reduction in time on the market required to sell your home last year we ran 17 days on market this year just nine folks again if your home's ready to sell you're listing with a good broker like the Oklahoma City real estate show it's gonna sell fast June last year, MLS-wide, 20 days on market. This year, MLS-wide, 14 days. Folks, that's a 30% reduction in market exposure time. That speaks volumes. When you're thinking of moving, changing, whether you're moving up to a bigger house, down to a smaller house, where the kids have moved away and you're downsizing, days on market really can matter. Everyone knows that folks, those family members or friends that have been on the market for 200 days and that gut-wrenching feeling when their home doesn't sell, not the case in Oklahoma City this year. June dollar volume sales totals coming in at just under half a billion dollars in June MLSY. That's 481 million dollars sold. That's down 3.3% from last year, however, uh, whereas in the Northwest side of Oklahoma City, we we saw a 7.1% increase in total dollar volume, making $93 million in inventory sold just in the Northwest side of town in the month of June. That's up from $87 million last year this time of June. As far as your median price per square foot, we're still coming in record highs, actually. Um, Last year, we were at $94 per square foot in Northwest Oklahoma City. That was the same in 2017. We really stayed horizontal, and really it was about the same tracking all the way back to 2007 with about a 3.5% increase uh, averaged out. However, this year, We're seeing a 7.4% increase, bringing that median per square foot up to $101 per square foot, with the entire MLS median coming in at $106 per square foot. Coming in for your closed sales for the month of June, 451, that's down 7.2% from last year this time. We saw 486 closings on the Northwest side. With the MLS wide coming in at 2,352, that's again down 10.7% uh, from last year at 2,635. And again, that just speaks to the limited Uh, inventory that we had going into the summer uh, season. Um, As far as our median sales price, again, we're going to recap that. Northwest Oklahoma City, your median sales price coming in at 
$1,000. MLS wide coming in at 189. Again, that is up 13.5%. Folks, you're in a screaming market. If you haven't moved to Oklahoma City yet, if you haven't been here, it's time to book your flight and see what's happening here. It's truly a marvel of modern culture revival. And here's your news. I'm Tara Richardson with the OKC Real Estate Show. Here is your local news. Pratt & Whitney's PNW Oklahoma City Expansion Plans announced at the Paris Air Show at the beginning of likely more aerospace growth in the metro, said Roy Williams, president and CEO at the Greater Oklahoma City Chamber. PNW is the world leader in design, manufacture, and service of aircraft and helicopter engines. The company announced it's making a multi-million dollar investment to upgrade its military aftermarket services, which supports sustainment operations at the Air Logistics Center, based at Tinker Air Force Base. The expansion will create more than 100 jobs over the next several years. The company has six sites in the metro. Williams said those jobs are high-paying and held by highly educated people. Those positions are for engineers and other specialties that create the technology before it goes to the assembly line. Convention and Visitors Bureau ready to help residents recruit plan events. Fairview Baptist Church pastor John Reed has been an Okie his entire life, but he said he was never more proud to be from Oklahoma City than the summer of 2018. And that's when he saw the event and convention planning abilities at the Oklahoma City Convention and Visitors Bureau. With nearly a last minute notice, the city was able to secure the National Baptist Congress of Christian Education Conference held June 18th through the 22nd. The conference was scheduled for another city, but plans changed in late 2017, leaving about nine months for the CVB to work in the event planners to organize the multi-day conference that would bring about 25,000 people to the city. Oklahoma City is a small market compared to where we normally host this event, but it was so successful that people want to come back. He said it was the CVB's work that really helped make the, the event successful. The Bureau helped find meeting space downtown buildings, secured hotel room blocks, and checked out the Cox Convention Center to ensure the dates were cleared. That help is just a few of the several free services the CVB has for groups, companies, or even athletic associations. For more information, visit meetinokc.com. Meetinokc.com. Frida Southwest, the American Southwest restaurant and bar by Humankind Hospitality, announced it's in the midst of training and will open later in July in the Paseo District. Chef Ryan Parrott gave OKC Talk a sneak peek into the menu, commenting that Frida encompasses the food and flavors of the Southwest. Imagine the circumference of a plate stretching from OKC to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And that's where we are. Look for this new restaurant in the Paseo opening at the end of this month. I'm Tara Richardson, and you're listening to the OKC Real Estate Show. Warning, mature content, listener discretion advised. We're here in the studio today with Mike I Pong, morning host of the Wild Wake Up on Wild 104.9. That's the urban top 40 radio station here in Oklahoma City. Many of you have 
a preconceived notion about Oklahoma City that it's a hillbilly town, <laughs> a town that's been through a lot. In fact, if you've seen the the hit movie by Tom Cruise, where Tom Cruise does the land rush and they run out and they stake their claim, uh, that essentially is how Oklahoma City was formed. What is the name of that movie? What is the name? It's it's. Oh, something, man. something land. Yeah. D- type in uh, Tom Cruise land rush movie. That's going to bother me because I know exactly what movie that is. And I cannot picture what the what the title of that it is. It may not even have been about Oklahoma. I think it was a different land rush, but it had the same the same thing that we went through. So, right. But, so it was about the Oklahoma land rush. Uh, it was far and away, ah, far and far away, away land rush. Far and away. away. Far and away. So for those that are Tom Cruise fans, you've seen the movie, (laughs) and it's a depiction of a man. uh, And now he plays like a soldier, right? Yeah, I think he's one of the main. He's, if I'm not mistaken, he is a main character, and he plays a a soldier in that. Yes, yeah. So trying he's to find the Union state. Army. Yes, yes, and the federal government, and they're yes. they're preventing uh, people from going early. The Sooners, the Sooners right? exactly from from staking their land soon, um, sooner than everybody else. Which I've always been that guy because I came from California to Oklahoma, and I was that guy who thought that it was very hillbilly and i would still see horse-drawn chariots and i didn't expect a mcdonald's to be here like i was that guy and i felt bad because people should know that that's not how it's going to be even if they're 14 years old moving here but uh coming from california that was that was my mindset in here and so as far as sooners when i see everybody who's proud of the sooners i'm like they're literally cheaters like that is literally what you're proud of you're proud of being the first people to be here but you weren't supposed to be here yet so by all means you celebrate that 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 was always just so interesting to me that alone well you know cheaters are cheater is kind of a um i i think i remember back to basic so i was in the air force and i was like i don't know four weeks into basic and i remember our drill instructor i actually had a female drill instructor That's which was rough. a trip that is that is right they are they're meaner i mean i'm sorry but they are meaner oh it was it was because they've got so much to prove you know at that time period especially it was very very rare to have a female drill instructor and so she was kind of one among all the men you know and she was one of the blue um ropes you know where like they had earned the top echelon and so she really had a lot to prove every time somebody would challenge her yeah you know and i remember I had I had an electric razor because if I use a regular razor it would break out my face oh. and and those don't really cut as as narrow and I have nope. my hair grows fast and so I, I cut it and and then uh, like later on in the day I had a five o'clock shadow mm. and none of the other guys did but me and so all of a sudden it was you didn't properly shave you yeah. know and they literally were going to recycle me which is you start yeah. you at the beginning well let me let me tell you right now you can use the air force jargon my father was in the air force okay. career man so oh, he, wow. he's after 24 years he retired and uh that's actually why we moved here he was stationed at tinker air force base over there in midwest city wow and so we came from luke air force base in phoenix arizona and so yeah you can use any of that jar i know what you're talking about i promise heck yeah <laughs> yeah so heck recycled yeah. I, I get recycled you just keep getting recycled until you're good to go and move up you're good yeah so so yeah it was just a it was a a, a, a challenge I don't even know why we started talking about the Air Force it was because of the land, rush. land the, yeah this whole military federal you know trying to trying to prevent and she said I remember her looking and saying if you're not cheating you're not trying 
And this was like the top, you know, drill instructor awards and everything right. else. And she would literally say, and this is after, you know, we're doing, you know, push-ups and the whole floor is covered in sweat, you know, oh, it's yeah. literally sopping wet. And she's, and she says, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, it's you know? So I don't care what a person's stance is on that. That, that just sounds so tried and true. Like that sounds like the way you're supposed to do things. If you're not cheating, you're not trying, dude, I believe you. Like anybody could say that and I would go with it. Like, yep, you're right. Let's cheat. Like, that's, right. that's a terrible thing to say as far as moral standing. How is can we get away with it? Is it the next question? Exactly. Yeah. It's asking for forgiveness instead of asking for permission. And that's the same concept, right? Cheating to an extent. You know? Well, that's what companies do. I mean, when you look at the top companies in the United States, they're all about bending the rules. And if the rule, they don't like the rule, they change the rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lobbying or whatever. You yeah. know, they, they make it happen for or their favor. Amend it, you know, with policies that, like, it, this is how it is, unless this is the case, you know, in which case they get to write new, you know, situations into place that otherwise would never have been thought of, you know? Well, it's always the barrier to entry that they're after. So. If you raise the barrier to entry to get into a particular field, then the person that's already in that field has dominance. Yeah. You know, they require regulation. Like, they'll say, oh, because salmonella outbreak at Chipotle. Well, now you have to have this megawatt, blah, 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 radiation machine purchased, and it has to scan the chicken X amount of times before you can serve it. Well, that piece of machinery may be seven or $8,000. Well, Fred's poncho down the road can't afford that machine. Mm-hmm. So now you've effectively knocked out all the little man competition. Right. But people don't think about it that way. But the companies do when they pass those regulations. Of course. So it's, it's, a, it's a barrier to entry thing. We see a lot of that in real estate. You know, honestly... When you talk about down payment requirements, uh, certain neighborhoods don't allow FHA loans. You know, actually, in 1940 in Oklahoma City, the Northeast was part of a federal mandate program to practice what they called redlining, which is now illegal. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've read a little bit about redlining yeah, before. It's a, it's a it's a process that says in 1950, if you are an African American male or female, and in that case, females very rarely even bought land. So was, if you're an African American male, you could only buy in these areas, and they would hand you a piece of paper that had a drawing on it, and this is where you could live. That was the last time we talked about. It. I was trying to figure out where redlining came in this year we at the radio station um we had covered black history month and we're going over all kinds of different things we actually linked with a local hip-hop artist and entrepreneur uh, jb williams and he was telling me that all about the redlining situation Mm -hmm. over there by the Capitol and all of the history of being able to purchase housing and so there was one man or one group that bought up as much land as possible as white men and you know they would cert- they would basically make it to where they owned the land but they would give it to black people so that they could move in and mm. so that the red they got past that whole redlining situation and mm. so they were able to actually make purchases i don't remember if it was actually by the capital or where the situ- like where exactly it was but that was the last time i would even talked about redlining so it's mm. that's weird i didn't yeah. think that would come back up this year at I, all well you know it's 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 a topic of great debate because i think with the internet and and a lot of the censoring that's going on a lot of people are asking questions about the history now because I, I don't know, like 1970, even 1980, if the government didn't like you, they could like delete your whole history. That's scary. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it's just like they could just, you know, erase your birth certificate, mm-hmm. erase your social security card and you didn't ever exist. Yeah, And everything you have is like falsified documents. And then what? 
Right, right. So now we have kind of this bigger digital footprint that's a lot harder, or at least initially harder to, to yeah. erase, you know. But uh, yeah, no, there was, uh, Joe Rogan was talking about that the other day. There was a scientist that came up with some crazy stuff, and the military uh, kind of deleted his record of ever working at this laboratory. And the and the kind of the, the canary in the coal mine was that a newspaper had actually covered him because he had put a jet engine on a, a Honda Accord and had driven this thing, you know, down a runway at like a hundred something miles an hour and the local paper covered it. And so they found that one hole. They're like, right. oh, no, right. we exactly. didn't cover our bases. Yeah. There, was, right. there was a story that came out. About, it was it was not a story. It was, that makes it sound like an episode of The Twilight Zone was based on that because there's mm-hmm. one where basically this guy... He comes home from uh, space, I think it was, or yeah, I'm pretty sure it was space or like the military or something. And he, the space, the military, yeah, the space military, somewhere, somewhere important, where the government really cared. In that vicinity, you know, in that vicinity. I'm almost positive that it was space because dude came back from space and then his name started disappearing and all of his friends around him started to not know who he was and then um, his home became like it wasn't his home anymore. Somebody else had already lived there. Like he left for the day, came back, and somebody else lived there. I cannot remember the episode of this uh it was the twilight zone i know that for sure so it was way back in the day but it sounds like that is just based on what you're talking about that's insane yeah, to me yeah. or, or vice versa whatever the situation well, is. so similar story happened um you know this is something i was thinking about i went one of the uh sensory deprivation chambers here in oklahoma city okay there's a uh, it's called a float here and for like i mean it's expensive it's like 60 dollars for an hour and normally you get a full body massage for that but I wanted to try it because I've heard so much about it and you go into this chamber and basically what they've got is they it's a salt water pool and they all the lights are off and it's got this sealed chamber and like cell phone signal can't get in it sound can't get in it and you kind of go into this room and you shower and you, you derobe and you close the door you're all by yourself and then you have the chamber door and you open the chamber door and then you get in there and it's got so much salt in it that you just don't have to work at all to float you just, oh, you just lay in it. Kind of like the Dead Sea. Right. Just go and float. they give you like earplugs so the water doesn't go in your ears. And you lay back in here for a whole hour and, you, and, and you're like just no muscle using at all, no hearing at all, no sight because it's pitch black. Mm-hmm. And you literally deprive your body of all sensory so that you can kind of have this internal moment. Yeah, right? you just reset. Right, right. It reset. And I remember bumping up against the side of this pod like it would just all of a sudden I would hit the side and then it would like this realization that I was actually still on planet earth you yeah. know because you're just kind of floating there and I remember thinking in my mind like what if like my body changes somehow or like I discover something mentally and when I leave here like society doesn't want me anymore that is so deep of a thought to have when you're in a pitch black situation you can't hear anything you can't see you don't know what anybody around you is doing maybe they're trying to delete you while you're in there but i've i've heard of this process and i i you're reminding me of so many things i've been hearing about lately and it's really freaking me out because i'm like i've been wanting to get to the bottom of these things this float makes a lot more sense to me now my friends are like yeah you float and you go and you sit in salt water and it's cool and that's the extent of what i've heard about it so thank you for explaining to me what that is so everybody does stuff differently right you know somebody gets drunk they're happy somebody gets drunk they're mean you know everybody's yeah. different right so same thing with a float i think if you if you go in there with the mind the mindset that uh you know oh i'm just gonna relax or whatever maybe that's what you get out of it you know but for me it was like my life is chaotic 
I mean, I did 12 hour days to 18 hour days regularly. We do over $10 million in sales a year. So between all the calls, I mean, last year we did 70 closings. That's 70 houses. Yeah. That's two a week. And you're in all the families, first time homeowners, everybody, all the names, all the numbers, all the crap that goes wrong with banks and, and just people not caring. And then these people have their stuff like packed and sitting on the side of the road because their house didn't close on time because Bank of America and Seattle didn't finish the loan in time. Right. And they're like, but it's only a three-day delay. And you're like, but their entire house is in a U-Haul yeah. trailer for yeah. three you days. You want them to sit in the you U-Haul know? with yeah. their stuff because right. they've packed it yeah. completely. They didn't even Everything. get the large yeah. one. They got the right. medium right. one. Exactly. Precisely. And so we work around with like garage storage and we just do crazy stuff as a realtor. You just that's the type of stuff that I think would really make good TV if they could really see what we do in, behind the scenes. Yeah, it's like but it, it's illegal. I mean, half of the stuff. Yeah, it just it's arguably illegal, but it's the right thing to do. Right, it's you it's know. that it's that cheating that that yeah, it's, it's the cheating yeah, like we were discussing. So anyway, so back to the pod. So you need to schedule it. That yeah, and when you go, they're going to ask you, do you want to have uh, lights? And there is different frequencies of lights. So do a little bit of study on on the frequency of light. Um, some people do like a green light, and the green pulls out different things because of the color spectrum. Right. Um, I, I mean, I I don't even know if I want to say this on the air. But I will because it's so interesting. Um, I got extremely horny. <laughs> I mean, it happens when you yeah. when you release. You finally get that moment. Like maybe it's something that you were deprived of. You like lately just because of everything that you've been going through. So like, it, sure. When you reach into yourself and you try to find those things that you've been wanting, and you have that hour to yourself to just not do anything it doesn't surprise me that something like that would happen just because we're human everybody you know sure. everybody goes through that at some point and whatever you go through in that pot is nobody else's business but your own so like say it dude well, share it if I, you want to well dude. i was just nervous about like the you know, somebody else has to use that pod. So I didn't want to, <laughs> you know, okay, so I kind of waited, that's you know, but, but that would be incredible. Right. If they could have like a, an ejaculation pod, like a or moment like, like it was, it was, a, it. you could, you yeah. know, like if you want to, here's a condom yeah. or a sock or, you know, something and deep yeah. clean and sanitize yeah. the yeah. entire thing. Like, when you're yeah. It, yeah. Or, you know, maybe even like, uh, you know, you can bring a friend. Yeah, have you know? friends. So both yeah, of you can just like be in the pod. A doing friend your thing. pod thing. Yeah. Yeah. So and but she comes in, you know, thirty minutes into it. You know, you know what? now like, we've got to. Could we schedule out the that? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a it's a couples pod. Couples. Uh, pod. Uh, yeah. Both I like, of you start separate, and then you end and then you up come in the together. Same pod. Right. Yeah. The, like the the, uh, the veil opens. Yeah. And then you and look then over. She, but, but no, you can't even because it's pitch black. Oh. And then just the veil, and then all of a sudden you guys touch each other. Maybe that's the point when the frequencies. Start the, the different light frequency starts to pop right, up. right. You can mm. do light. I do um, red in that one, man, for sure. <laughs> red would work, yeah. Red, passionate, loving. Um, I think it depends on her eye color, though. Oh yeah, she you know has to I mean? look good in the light. Yeah, I mean, because red to and green. What is that? Purple. Her eyes would be purple. I don't know. I could do purple. It's like it's it's almost like you're dipping into cosplay at that point. You're like I don't even know if salt can support that kind of activity. You don't think so? Like, cause you still have to be suspended to, to do That's it. You, like true. you can't now, if you stand could. up and like actually, cause then you're just having sex. I mean, yeah, but if you're still floating and suspended in this magnesium and I think that it may be what it was the magnesium too. Maybe so. It's a lot, a lot of vitamins, you know? Yeah. And then also, uh, and I don't, I don't know why we're still stuck on this, but it's so important. I think, you know, ejaculation is a detoxification of the body. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. So you can only detoxify 
through sweat, urine, mm-hmm. or your skin, you know, other way, other ways, and and defecation, right, mm-hmm. right. and ejaculation. That that's makes it. a lot of sense. That's it. So mm-hmm. if your body is ready to get rid of stuff, and, and that's why, like, really unhappy husbands that drink all the time, they're really depressed, you'll find out that their wife will get, uh, uh, you know, vaginal cancer. Mm. And that's that's really common now. That's kind or of Or growths and stuff, yeah. Because, again, they're, they're detoxifying through the sperm. Man. Uh. Now, if somebody is, like, upset... Nowadays, they call it salty. See if the, see the, um, there's a, there's a whole thing on, um, like if you want the perfect child, like pineapple and, and you've even heard, you know, growing up like, oh, it, you know, tastes he, he tastes like pineapple. Yeah. You it know? tastes like Gatorade he, right, and stuff like right. that. Yeah. I've heard so, that. so planning, you know, the, the, you know, all the doctors and everything on NPR were talking about, oh, well we can genetically modify the, the sperm and, and, and inject it into the female and, and it'll create a, a blue eyed child or, or it'll, it'll reduce the percentage that it's going to get AIDS later or whatever. Uh, well, the reality is so does diet. Yeah. Diet you, definitely does because even your urine will smell different. Even your sweat will smell different if you're eating a lot of garlic, which I do. I'm obsessed with garlic, but eating a lot of garlic. Raw garlic or cooked garlic or both? Oh, both. I will do both. Either way, when I'm cooking, actually, I will take pieces of the uh, raw garlic and just eat that as Mm -hmm. I'm cooking because I'm weird like that. I like the Mm -hmm. spice Mm -hmm. that it has on the tongue. Sorry, I got a lot of buildup now. I'm thinking about it making my mouth water. Garlic Mm. is great. Yeah, but you sweat differently. You you smell it a lot differently. Even when you when you have a lot of uh, high sodium, you know, carbs in your diet, you can smell that when you urinate. As opposed Mm. to if you were, you know, doing a lot more fruits and a lot more vegetables, and you're cutting out the sodium in your diet. But yeah, I completely get that. I totally see why diet affects your sperm and just your ejaculate as well. You want really smell? Make sure urine smell is fruity pebbles. Fruity pebbles is. it has a weird effect on it. And even those beers that they make that um, that taste like Fruity Pebbles and they, they you know, have you Four had Loco. Yeah, Four Loco. But they have Lining Kugel has one as well. It's like one of their shanties or something. Uh, has I, I try it, to stay away from the, the fruity stuff. We call stuff. it the bitch beer. The bitch whatever. beer is yeah. what it is. Yeah. 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 So, but it, it jacks you up for sure. It, it definitely has yeah. an odd smell. Especially the energy. Yeah. So the, we're looking at this report right now that talks about lifestyle choices and sperm toxins and the things to stay away from that can actually um, make your sperm uh, worse um, and actually make it uh, toxic so uh, it says one thing is tobacco in all forms cigarettes cigars chewing tobacco and snuff can be detrimental to fertility as well as a man's general health although nicotine by itself is felt to have a mild negative impact on fertility by far the greatest impact is related um, is tobacco related uh, toxic byproducts so what they're saying is that jewels and vapes are okay is yes that, is that that's what, what it sounds like basically yeah. yeah and so they say that um you need to replace the nicotine in other forms by not uh, by electronic cigarettes is one of those because smoking actual cigarettes can give your <laughs> sperm a um, a toxic uh, um, presentation. But here's another interesting thing that they say: cell phone use. 
can cell actually use, yeah. cell yeah. phone use uh, based on the uh, they call it the uh, the CPEMR the cell phones gen- um, generate electromagnetic radiation at a frequency of 1.8 gigahertz. Some scientific studies have shown negative impact on semen or parameters with uh, regular cell phone use of over four hours per day. So if you're talking on the phone over four hours a day, that could have a negative effect. I don't even think it's talking smartphone. because if you do data transfer, it's the same thing. Yeah, and that's all I do with my yeah. phone is data transfer. Well, it like, says oh, it whoa. says it says text more. It says text more and talk less. It says phones emit radi- or less radiation with texting than calling. And yet it but, says uh, skip radiation shields as an antenna caps and keypad covers. And if using a headset, hold <laughs> the phone away from your body, not in the pants pocket or on your belt. Which well, the pan- the front of the pants or the back of the pants? Because I always thought the butt cheek was a very good insulator. That's what against. I usually do. It yeah. says in, it says not in your pants pocket or on your belt. Interesting. Wow. So, I see that. And that's the same thing. Like when yeah. you're driving, you're not supposed to have it in your lap for the same reason. Because right. I've, I've heard the studies that came out about it just sitting there causing something. I, I agree. Um, so... Uh, have you ever been to Groovies here? I have been to Groovies and I like it. Okay, it, it was an. I went for the first time actually two and a half weeks ago. I watched Saturday Night Fever. Oh man! For the on first the, time, did you watch it on the screens that they have out there? No, 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 no. I watched it. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what I. I just uh, stumbled upon a YouTube channel or something where some people were dancing in the late seventies, and I just remember being just like just fascinated with how. The, the man and the woman just danced together. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just crazy how connected they were. And it wasn't like a routine or anything that they had practiced. They just were dancing at a club, and there was just this magic happening. And so I I, I wanted to see kind of what started that movement. And, and everybody kept telling me, oh, well, it was Saturday Night Fever in 1977 yep. uh, with John Travolta. And so I watched it, and it, and it literally took me in i mean it was like it, it was like watching titanic or something in 1995 oh, yeah. you know it was just like this is crazy this was, is a whole crazy thing was that your first time watching it yes very all, first very first very first time i had never seen it before and which was crazy because my mother is a real heavy disco my whole family is into disco yeah you know and i just i'd never really stopped and watched it and i think it was part of it was because of the rape scene that was in there it's right i think the, I think the parents you know kind of wanted to shield me from that but i, I really didn't i didn't see the rape scene at as disgusting. I saw it because at the end of it, he says a very powerful statement. He looks around and, and for those that haven't seen it, this woman basically gets raped by three different men in the back of a car. That's both all three of his friends. And he just keeps driving and looks forward and doesn't stop it. And there, and the reason why is because if you really look into the direction of that movie, she had said, uh, do you want a good girl or a cunt? And he said, well, I don't want a good girl. And so, he turns around to her after that sex sequence and he says, Oh, how do you like it now? You're a cunt. Yeah, I remember that part. That part's rough. Yeah. Like, it took me over as rough. I'm just like, that's, that's insane that somebody would talk to somebody that way. You have to also remember it's the 70s. And so, you know. It was just kind of yeah. Times were a lot different. I mean, you could smoke in the airport, like you could smoke on an airplane <laughs> yeah. back in the day. I mean, yeah. like we these just, times were well. And pants, pants. Like if you look at the pants, oh, even the pants, they were cut to show off the penis head. Oh yeah, it was. Like, it was definitely like it, it was to emulate what we now know as wet jeans. You know, yeah. like, it was yes. essentially that yes. same exact concept. So, but this is pre cell phones, right? Yeah. So. One of the things that Groovies had, and, th- and I watched it again to prepare, 
and I actually wore my smallest pants that I could find, and I wore dancing shoes, and I got ready to experience this. And I, I specifically looked for women that could potentially have been in the 1970s yeah. and danced with them. And this was like amazing because they didn't have cell phones. I didn't have cell phones. Yeah. Okay. And we had this amazing connection and there was literally like seven or eight women that I danced with and, and like two or three of them, we basically had dance floor sex. Yeah. I mean, there was like the, and I don't, I don't mean like actual intercourse, but there was this in exchange of information on a heart level between me and that other person that was just like this intoxifying thing, but it was also energizing. It also made me believe in humanity uh, on a different level and just, and just really appreciate what had happened in the 1970s. And then I researched after that that in 1982, and this was a, another friend and I were talking about this, they introduced AIDS. Right. And that kind of got everybody scared all of a sudden about, you know, free loving and maybe your dancing might lead to something more serious. And everybody kind of started changing their dance style mm-hmm. to like that 1980s movement where it really wasn't like free loving and, and all this. Because like Studio 54 in New York, for example, they would go through there with garden hoses and wash down the, the sofas. Like yeah. they, were, they were literally set up to actually go all the way in the club to experience all the levels of sexuality while you're out at the nightclub. So all of this comes full circle because if you take a cell phone, and there's the probably article probably gets into this, but and you put it next to your heart, it'll actually raise the BPMs of your heart by 50 beats per minute, which wow. is significant. Wow. Okay, and what that does is that changes the frequency in which your heart transmits, mm-hmm. and it and it basically eliminates the ability for two hearts to communicate. Yeah, hmm. a lot That's of people. Insane. Yeah, yeah. So. I think, and here's my take, and and, um, I haven't visited with the owner of Groovies yet. Him and I spent quite a bit of time that night together uh, talking. I mean, he's got the remote control to control the fog machine on the dance floor. Yeah. And then he has another button he can push to drop confetti at certain times. Right. You see him roaming around there and just kind of checking everybody out and seeing what's going on. I think he would be okay with a a night of the week where everyone has to check in their cell phones at the front door. I'm not going to lie. That'd probably be one of the more amazing things I'd seen at a club. Because one thing I love about Groovies, the thing that gets me about Groovies is the earlier you go in the night, the older the music is. And so as the night goes along, you notice they start to end the night, at least the times that I've been, they start yes. to end the night on 90s music. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you'll get the 80s music. Coming. You'll get like young Michael Jackson and finish out with, and finish out with, uh, with Prince yeah. when everything's said mm-hmm. and done. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you, you get, get everything in between. And then you'll also get some Spice Girls thrown in there at the end and you'll get the TLCs thrown in there randomly in the end, like just all of a sudden like just very mm-hmm. it's very much like they creep you up throughout the night because they'll start with the disco era and then they'll get into the 80s era and then that early 90s era will creep in but it's not prominent mm-hmm. you know what i mean and right. so it's always really interesting going to that club because i pay a lot less attention to my phone at groovies compared to if i go to some other nightclub like if mm-hmm. i go to pretty please downtown which mm-hmm. i love pretty please it's really cool but i'm on my phone mm-hmm. and at groovies mm-hmm. i usually stay off and i'm dancing i'm right. jamming right. i'm having a great well the time. way that dance floor is you it's such a small entrance to it, mm-hmm. yeah. it you're really fully committed once you get on the dance floor 100 yeah i i actually jumped over the edge the edge or the railing the rail well th- where the bars are the first time I got on the dance floor, because I was wait, I really did wait, because I was waiting for like to just kind of take it in and understand before I just entered this dance floor that was so foreign, you know. I waited for like, and then like he said, the BGs were coming on, mm. which is really what I was there to to hear. 
and the Bee Gees came on and I remember one of the girls just looking because I was dancing in my seat at that point and just kind of talking with some of the uh, low the regulars that were there and she's just like come on come on and there were so many people around that I just I just felt compelled to just jump over the edge into the dance floor and I remember one of the security which they had tons of security oh there. yeah they, they make like, sure that yeah. nobody does anything like there. there's like 10 10 beefed up security guards around that thing and you can't bring drinks on the dance floor you can't bring um, what else is the um something about to shoes or something there's another rule oh you can't we can't wear shoes that don't have uh oh what is it the the enclosed shoes you can't wear like flip-flops or sandals or anything like that like you can't do that on the dance because somebody could like step on your toes and like break your toe it's actually so that your shoes can't come off it's Mm. so that they don't come off it's specifically for them to stay on safety yeah yeah people really get uh 100 percent uh involved and and that's what i'm talking about so we lose the cell phones, we get this social interaction, so then one time a week, people can go and try this connection. Look at the, um, Greg Braden is, is one of the characters that's really pushing this right now, but it's um, the heart, heart-to-heart communication. And a lot of people, uh, you know, you've heard of this um, telepathy of the brain, mm-hmm. you know, but the brain is actually really low voltage. Like, yeah. It's, it just really doesn't transmit far. Like yeah, it, and it's when, when they say that it's uh, you only use 10% of your brain, like that, that may or may not be true. Like, like 100%, we don't know for sure if that's true. Like that, there's no way that it's 10%, but we don't use it even as much of our brain as we believe that we can. You know what I mean? And so that, that's not something that surprises me at that's all. That's right. But the heart, on the other hand, is like an entire muscle of organ that's just filled with electricity. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they have sensors that can that can sense the heart outside the human body. Oh. Okay. So what they're proposing, and they've done this through several uh, scientific studies, is that human beings will actually communicate with one another through their heart. Yeah. Okay. So through their uh, electronic field that comes out of their heart, it actually communicates. And one of the interesting things is that the the cell phone prevents that from happening. Huh. Because it's at a very similar frequency to which this heart transmits, and it confuses that signal. Not only that, it changes the rhythm, mm-hmm. which is this kind of like this pulse. So the idea, is it coming up? Yeah, so basically, uh, not to cut you off by any means. Uh, so what they're saying is, is that uh, heart-to-heart is really a loving way to communicate with people. Um, they, they say about trying to talk heart-to-heart is um, actually the best form of communication because uh, to me, when you're badgering someone or speaking, too quickly or jumping in front of turn you're wasting communication very often it will elicit a defensive response and encourage people not to listen to you one on the other hand when you make sure it's the right time to communicate with someone and you set the stage well then you are really connecting with the other person and it's almost guarantees that the conversation is going to go well letting go of your (laughs) expectations of how the conversation should go is really important to have effective communication see that's that's more like the psychology of like the definition of, of communication, but type in like heart intelligence. There's a study, it, it, heart intelligence and Greg Braden, who's a, who's really actually was a geologist originally. All the phones are ringing at once as we're talking. Mm-hmm. Interrupting I know, now our I feel left heart, out because heart frequency, right? It's ruining our hearts, <laughs> yes. man. 
you got to listen to your heart when it's calling for you. <laughs> but so this this higher form of communication, the synopsis is the the heart has a faster and higher bandwidth than the brain, and so two humans can communicate very very rapidly when they connect their heart signals to one another. And this is when you see uh, spouses get on the same page or somebody's dancing and they just have a magical moment and it really connects. Mm -hmm. And that's what that communication is. And I believe that the internet is preparing us for that type of communication socially. I see that. Communication is key nowadays. And it's it's just so weird the direction in which communication has gone Um, since the advancement of cell phones. You know, like, because... When we first had cell phones, it was amazing to us that we could text as quickly as we could, even with just the number pad. You know, like, it's it's amazing that we went from, oh, well, I'll text this person. Maybe we'll, and, like, like it was just kind of a side thing that we would do. Like, we would still go meet up with people. We would still mm-hmm. call people. We would still do all of that. And our interactions, even from all of that, our interactions started online. Like, people forget that AIM exists, you know, Instant Messenger and Yahoo Messenger and those sorts of things. Um, Those were really, really prominent right before texting and cell phones and everything. And all they had to do was combine the two. And now we have this society where we can't even talk to each other face to face anymore. And it's it's so, it's so Why do you think that is? Because what we... Do we not want to? It's not that we don't want to, because when people have like high anxiety and you have those social anxiety, like just just moments that you see people go through where like they can hardly order pizza or pick up their pizza and talk to somebody in that like right you know it's not that they don't want to it's that we have been conditioned to not have to and so when you've been conditioned if you have a job where you wake up at eight o'clock in the morning every single day you get let go from that job and your new job is at noon you're going to condition yourself to wake up at like 10 because you just don't have to wake up that early anymore. And so it's just something that you get used to doing. We are not used to having to call in our pizza order all the time. And so we are not used to talking to people on the phone as much. We are not used to having to call somebody to go hang out because you can just text them. It is, it's We are conditioned at this point to not interact face-to-face as much anymore. And if we are, it's through video. And even then, you've got to doll up a little bit. Or you got to make sure your lighting is right, your background is right. And at that point, you're like, I'm just going to text this person. I think that that plays a key role in the way that we interact and discuss things with each other. Because even face to face, you don't want to hurt my feelings. And that's just on a broad spectrum of things is you don't want to offend anybody. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But when you're behind a keyboard and you can't see that person, you are ready to hurt somebody's feelings, you know? Mm. And so it's, we are being conditioned but did we, to be did, different. But is it, is it that we would, we, we always all along wanted to say that, but we never had the guts to say that now that we do, maybe, we're saying it. Maybe we didn't want to say it. Maybe it was something that we felt needed to be said, or maybe we felt that at some point that person should know that, but like, there's a mo- there's a point in you dealing with something at face value that you just snap and you're like nope we're not we're not going to deal this with this anymore i'm going to tell them to their face and it's usually in an outburst mm-hmm. whereas in texting you can reword it delete it reword it delete it and then reword it again and safely figure out a way to say it where it's not going to hurt somebody's feelings and if it does look dude i've already I've already plotted out how I'm going to say this to you multiple times. And if you got offended by the nicest way I could have said it, we have less remorse because we are not at 
this mm. person's like doorstep. We are not right. face-to-face with them watching them react exactly. to it. We are only seeing the three dots pop up exactly. whenever they're texting back. Exactly. And we're worrying and our anxieties up because we don't know how they react. And creating them. something you know? in our minds. And yes. so our anticipation for things has increased so much, but our attention spans have decreased so much that our anxiety is at the highest it's ever been and we yes. can't express that face to face unless it's through a phone or through so mm. like i said i feel we are being conditioned to communicate the way that we are and it's with minimal emotion attached to it and yet our reactions to things are full of emotion you know what i mean yeah. and so we're mm. trying to keep the emotion in things but we're keeping it on the wrong end we're mm. not we're we're we look for things to be offended by and be, and I say we, I mean, as, as a race of humans, you know, human race, we look sure. at everything. Danger. Our brain does. Yeah. Sure. And we look at the worst case scenario and we try to figure out now, what did they mean? That's just not cool. Cause you'll see how people interpret tweets and mm-hmm. things like that. There's mm-hmm. no emotion on a tweet unless you can read between the lines. Exactly. Maybe somebody right. didn't, necessarily convey it the way Kanye West is a good example he does not convey his thoughts the way that he needs to and Mm. it's because people get offended and like bothered by the way he says things but he means it a certain way you're not face to face with him and he didn't record a video of him saying it he is just doing it through text so we as humans are trying to read between the lines and we are doing a lot of it wrong exactly and Mm. so being conditioned to communicate differently now compared to back then that's why there wasn't a whole lot of like people being offended back then because you didn't have people jumping to the conclusions and immediately trying to tie it to something. But now we have the world at our fingertips. I think there was a huge benefit of the doubt too back then. Very much you know? so. And we don't get that anymore because there's yeah. ways to pull up previous times where people have said things like, no, you couldn't have meant this because you said this last week and it's mm-hmm. posted. you know. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's all of that, all of our interactions being logged and documented we keep trying to do the research but we're not doing all of the research Mm. and so it's affecting our communication 100 percent, and it's all through the technology of how we discuss things with each other even down to having a group chat a lot of people are thinking a lot of things in group chats but they don't say them and so behind the scenes you've got people side texting each other and everything and Mm. you create alliances that don't even need to be there you know and so communication just watching it and the way that it's just changed over the years is interesting. In radio, we see it a lot through uh, phone calls. Because hmm. you used to want to call the radio station and be on the air, and you wanted to win things. It is really hard to get people to call us hmm. unless they have free stuff to win. Because before, you could call a radio station and give your opinion on something, you know, anything sure, that just, they're talking just about. just to be on there. And yeah. now, we have to post it on social media so people will interact with it. Hmm. You know, people, hmm. we could ask... The only way that I can get people to call us on the morning show is and truly it's if i word something in a way that i know somebody might be offended by it mm, because i know right. somebody will want me to hear their it voice polarizes them exactly yeah, sure. and so it sucks that that's the way that i need to think right to get a phone call but like at this point we need to move towards social media and that's what people keep telling me you need to take your show to social media and i'm like i mm. just want someone to call me just like I interaction just, i want to sure. hear somebody's voice you know and i'm sure. still I'm still that way in my age group. And, you know, I'm 29 years old, just turned 29. Mm-hmm. And so that, the 90s, like the early 90s, you know, even late 80s, so 88 to 92, that era, that's the last era where we have a fair mix of not having technology, and yet we are completely exposed to this new technology. And so mm-hmm. the age group right after us is solely based on their phones, and they're solely based right, on that. Right. But we still remember when we would record the mixtapes on cassettes from radio yes. stations when you tried to not get the morning jock talking over your favorite song. 
And so it's weird that communication has dipped down so much because all the reasons I wanted to get into radio are now gone because people don't interact <laughs> the same way that they used to because of our phones and because of the way that we communicate. And this heart-to-heart, mm-hmm. it, it's something that needs to happen a lot more often because we as human beings will have a lot more benefit of the doubt if we know down to the core that the next human next to you, they don't mean any well, harm. Well, it's, it's the exact situation in which you enter dance floor. And I went to... Um, what is the the place in Midtown that's it's a second floor and it's all open? Oh, and it's like Fassler's. Fassler's, Fassler's Hall. yeah, Fassler's, Fassler's Hall. Hall. I went there for the first time three weeks ago. How'd you like it? So, a lot of the girls there were not allowed to dance, and they would be like looking me in the face, like I would love to dance, but. But my friends will look at me like I'm weird. No, 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 no. My boyfriend said it's not allowed. Ah. And they... (laughs) It happens. The the boyfriends would look and they would say... um, Yeah, I think that the microphone just came collapsing down for those... I guess we're not doing a live video feed on this one, so no one saw it. You just heard it. No, but they they would look back at their boyfriend like... You know, like, you know, I can't. And then he would just be like, yeah, you know, like proud of it. And I would just look him in the face and be like, I'm just trying to dance, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not going to rape your girl or t- steal her or try to work in an edge. Yeah. Like, I'm here to dance. So is she. Mm-hmm. And you're not dancing with her. So let her have fun. He's you like, can no. watch. Like, well, it's the social stigma. This, it's the social know? stigma as well that if you really were in this big facade, this big masquerade, to where if you let your guard down, even for just a split second, you will be targeted immediately and will be crucified for trying to um, really showcase your true self and being your your true authenticity so you have to have this mystique of this big strong person i don't dance i'm too good for that but in actuality when it comes to a wedding they take a few shots and, and their song gone. comes on and they're jamming on the right. floor and right the the thing to note is both of those sides of that situation of not being able to go dance i'm not allowed mm-hmm. to you notice you go back and watch movies and mm-hmm. you go back and watch older people in movies and the way that the the etiquette that was you know involved with dancing somebody could walk up and be like may i steal a dance real quick and they would look at the man and the man was an asshole if he said no right he was a complete asshole and she would give him and she she would give him a argument for a a solid hour to two hours about why he was so protective and why he didn't trust her to do that the sense of trust in that time and that era was way more than what it has been and because of small scenarios of where trust has been completely shattered there's absolutely none for us to give around anymore to those people so for example so a, if a woman in this day and age were to look at her man and to ask if he could go dance with her another man he'd be like no because he would immediately jump to the conclusion that she was going to be leaving him for somebody else his um his self um, his, his lineage his genetic lineage exactly so yeah. here's getting even deeper on that so and again 
if you've got kids in the car, this is real talk. It just is what it is. Yeah. But the the human penis, okay, is shaped like a plunger. Mm. Okay, right? It's got the head on it, and and a lot of people think that that is just to help ejaculate the sperm. It serves two purposes, and this is from an uh, 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 an anthropologist who's actually more of like a human uh, behavioral specialist, and he's actually at at Stanford uh, University. He's got great lectures, but the uh, when you look at chimpanzees and bonobos, which is our closest uh, relatives genetically. Right. Um, So when they have multiple partners, as bonobos have sex literally all day long, they're completely opposite from chimpanzees, which are pretty much monogamous because of violence. Like Mm. the one big guy takes the females and he just owns them all. Whereas the bonobos, they just spend all day having sex. Yeah. But once the male ejaculates in the female, the other one starts. And his penis, when he's pulling it out, it actually sucks out the other person's sperm because that's the plunger effect. It's actually sucking it out. So that's why the ejaculation delays. Huh. It's not like we have to work because it's only the, the, the testicles are right there, right? I mean, it's yeah. not. It's not like, oh man, I'm traveling this huge distance before I come, right? It's, right. No, it's very specific timing so that you can cleanse the vaginal canal and remove your competition and then fire your toxins into there and that first initial layer just kills any competing uh, foreign bacteria that's in there and then also it's got these chemicals that immediately start to change the nervous system of the female to where it starts creating these secretions and actually helping the sperm to then travel through and this is why you'll have a girl in a fight with a guy they've been so angry at each other and then they have sex and then they're in love all of a sudden for three days because there's all these hormones in the sauce. Interesting. Okay, so let's take that back to the old school days. You're dancing, whatever, I don't care because my sperm's the strongest. Hey, right? Yeah. Fair enough. And if it if you have another child, there's a million you know acres of land out here in the West. Right. We'll just have a bunch of kids. And it'll be all right, you yeah. know? It's not like she's going to not care about me anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, people had multiple wives back in the day. You know, kings had hundreds of concubines because it was it, there was land, there was space. And then now it's so expensive for rent, it's so expensive for food that, oh, my God, if we had a kid, it would be terrible. I'd have to pay for it. So now we're really conservative with our women. But... In exchange, we've also improved science to where we can control a lot more, not all the time, when the woman gets pregnant, especially for the older men that have the operation and and they're not actually shooting live bullets. So now we get on the dance floor, and I've gotten to a point in maturity where, like, I don't actually have to have actual sex to get sexual pleasure. Mm. And, like, a woman does not actually have to have actual sex yeah full-on intercourse is not right. penetration is not a thing that all women need some do but not all the women need that exactly. to to well it's a, it's a part of sexuality and the, the spectrum's wide so anyway so the guy says no i don't want to dance or whatever the girl walks off and then i turn around and there's this blonde that's just entered the floor 
beautiful looking with three other girls. It's girls night. She's got a white blouse on and these jean shorts and she really knows how to dance hip hop. Yeah. I mean, really does. And, and she's holding a drink though, which at Groovy's you would have never had a drink on the dance floor. Never allowed. Because like you can't really get down with a drink in your hand. And if you're going to spill it, it's going to be like, what? And you're bumping into people because dancing, you bump into people. So I immediately walked up and I just, I guess I just had that like, she was having fun. I was having fun. We were going to have fun together. And I just took her drink and I handed it to her girlfriend. And her girlfriend knew exactly what to do. She held the drink. And this girl and I proceeded to dance like you should. Yeah. And and the smell, the taste, the environment, and then the people in the room are just stopping and looking and just admiring this thing that's going on between this woman I've never met at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going anywhere with her. Right. But we're having this interaction and we're in line and we're just moving together and we're moving in a way and people are just watching like, like this is really happening, you know, like, and then we moved on to this, there was this other Asian that was on the other side and she kind of let herself go and she started dancing and, and the kind of the circle started kind of being made around her and I could see she was going for it, but she needed a partner and her kind of little Asian buddies were kind of standing there kind of like, <laughs> like, but nobody was like yeah, ready as, to take on happens. this girl that's starting to shine. You know, she's a beautiful girl. Um, and I just, I, I felt compelled to like be a partner to her and let her tell her story while she was dancing. And so, you know, I, I went out into this circle and we kind of started spinning around together. And then she was able to kind of like back up, like kind of push me in the chest. And then she came back and then she walked towards me like catwalk style and like was able to just shine and people were like watching. And I think that is the purpose of a man on a dance floor really is to like stand firm and just say, it's okay. Come, I'm, yeah. I'm going to dance with you. Exactly. And you can do whatever you want to do and it's going to be all right. Yeah. And then the woman's body just naturally dances. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. They just know how to do it. And that comes down to, and it's so funny that everything we're talking about is so different, but it's so uniform in the way that it works because you can't get communication like that in the cell phone age. Right. You can't do it because you notice all of the other people around didn't want to jump in and right. help. You were the one who stepped up and you also have this same mindset that, hey, can we get groovies to leave the cell phones at the door for just one night a week? And so that's what I mean. Like Mm -hmm. everything that we do is down to the way that we communicate everything Mm -hmm. down to dancing, down to purchasing homes, you know, Mm -hmm. down to the type of home that we want to daily lifestyle, daily lifestyles, (laughs) everything in in this world is based on human interaction, human communication, because we cannot do it alone. And mm-hmm. yet we are all so distant from each other now compared to where we were that mm-hmm. even dancing with somebody else's girl is shunned when you watch all the old movies and you could steal any girl from right. any man that you wanted to do just for one simple dance because right. you knew nothing was going to go there and dude would be over there at the bar. Well, and, or getting off to it. Exactly. You know, like really like yeah. appreciating her being happy. Yeah. Like, and, like I'm, I'm just, I, I'm just, enamored that if I can't provide it for her, like I'm thrilled that he is. Yeah. 
Like, 100%. Who the hell says that I, well, no, that's the limit of your happiness mm-hmm. is me and yeah. whatever I can provide. And that's where like marriage and like these, these, you know, it really needs to get questioned on like, what are those boundaries there? Because is it really helpful to the human species to be married in such a way to where your spouse is like iron locked down and they can't ever appreciate anything different, you know? There was a woman at Groovy's, and this was like 10.45 at night, and she had to have been from Edmond. What night of the week was this? This was uh, Friday night. Um, it puts it in a lot of perspective. I think Friday night or people. Saturday night. You got um, different people out. Yeah. And she was 57 years old, blonde, um, powerful woman, probably um, a very, maybe she was a top CEO her husband was maybe a top CEO. They were both. The wedding ring was ginormous. It was like literally reflecting all the lights. Like it was its own disco ball. She had Dubai mindset, is what you're saying. She had that type of. She was a queen. Yeah. And she came down alone to the mm. to the to the party, and her and I found ourselves in the middle of the dance floor while everyone was dancing around us, kind of looking out of the corner of their eye, and we kissed. Oh. And and we kissed in a way that wasn't I'm going to have an affair or I'm going to steal your wife or anything like that. It was just the end of the song, and mm-hmm. it just fit the song. It was like a goodbye. It was a yeah. fine. It was a fine. Uh, it a was farewell. icing on the cake that made it very. It wrapped it. It it was like the wrapping paper on the Christmas gift. Like you know, the Christmas gift was the fact that you guys interacted in the way that you did, and it just needed a bow. And the kiss was the bow. Well, and think about the boost that this does for the females, especially for ones that came up in that time. You know, I myself have found myself on a dance floor at Groovy's with a middle-aged woman who you could tell her confidence was you know beneath her. She had mm. you know she had lost lost that you know that drive of i'm this sexy woman that knows what you know it takes to be successful in this world you know she it seems like she had lost that she was with her girlfriends you know they were all kind of egging her on to drink a little bit more and go have fun because she may have been going through some struggles in her life and i was able to connect with her on the dance floor and we were able to dance and have fun and really she was able to let herself go and Mm. experience that sense of freedom and happiness that Mm. you can or you you could have for so long but for only a small period of time and it's like even for five minutes for a split song she was able to truly experience that sense of happiness and that sense of letting herself go and gain that confidence even by doing that with a random person that you've never met before and just sharing that dance sharing that moment of communication you're able to uplift their spirits to where they think differently about themselves and they're able to look at themselves in the mirror truly mm-hmm. and be appreciative of what they have and be like, Hey, you know what? I haven't lost it. Like right. I still got it. This, right. you know, this or now I'm ready to take on the exactly, exactly, exactly. And yeah. see a lot of these people go into these environments with that mindset. I had a crappy day at work. My life is a going array uh, is going a mess and I really don't know what to do. So I'm going to go out with my friends tonight and try to figure this out they go out with their friends and then they have that moment of connection with even just a random stranger that they don't know from adam right but and they won't know from adam after
after the scene, but they had that moment to where it legitimately changed their perspective on life. And they could have gone into that night having suicidal thoughts. And just by giving them that moment of connection, right. you could have immediately changed their inner, their course of their destination of their journey and their trajectory just by showing that sense of legitimate communication and that sense of legitimate appreciation. You validator. Exactly. Can I, can sure. I, can I give the bottom line? I don't want to take too much Feel free. of the time. I don't no. want us to go over time or anything like that. I think what we're going to do is cut this into two episodes, um, potentially. Oh yeah. It definitely needs to be cut <laughs> yeah. into two episodes. I mean, this is good content. I think a lot of people need to hear this. But, and that being the bottom line, the thing is to reset because when it comes to that, when it comes to the pods, whatever mm-hmm. the situation is, I think humans need to reset mm-hmm. and we have not been able to reset because we are glued to these phones. Agreed. Right? Glued to this technology. And social media. On over there. And we are just, we are just all out we are craving that human interaction. We are craving the ability to let loose. We are craving as a species, the options to just kind of disconnect. And yet we can't find ourselves disconnecting. And so whether it is in a completely pitch black situation, when you're floating in a pod Mm -hmm. where there's no senses going, or if it's out on a dance floor with some friends with a few drinks in you, and you just want to let loose and have a great time and connect on a heart to heart level with Mm -hmm. somebody Mm -hmm. who understands that there's nothing that the two of you want from each other, except for that ability to disconnect and to reset. And I I think that that, that is where we need to be as a society is to, to at least once a week. Well, we advertise week. it. Right. We advertise it with memes saying like, could you, you know, you can be on an Island for two months without your phone and you'll get a million dollars. Can you do it? Yeah, and do and it. people will jokingly put that they can't do that because they can't live without that type of communication. We advertise this sense of detoxifying ourselves from society, from taking away, from going to these remote areas yeah. and not being able to communicate. But whenever the rubber meets the road, a lot of people don't want to make that payment. A lot of people really don't want to do that because they're afraid of what they'll truly find out about themselves. Because here's another thing. With social media, it's gotten so easy to really not have to showcase who you really are. You're able to put up this facade of who you are as a person. And people are afraid of really having to go down that road with themselves and take that walk and really find out what they have missing. So the argument with the whole social media, fixing the pictures and all that stuff. So women have been doing this for a long time. Long I mean, this is not time. the social media thing. This is a makeup thing. And that was from Egypt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? Like actual, and, and look at like African tribes. Yeah, What's Africa. the one that has the rings oh, where they, they try have, to, yeah, they try make, to make, make their, their neck necks longer? longer. Yeah. So all of that is, is uh, trying to alter ourselves f- to fit in socially. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't bother me as much as in, in the Western culture, we are very linear in our thinking. Very right? much so. We don't look so, at everything. Right. So we think, um, you know, we're going to be born and then we're going to die. And, and this is the, the course of our life. <laughs> when we get to 50, we'll retire, hopefully, you know, and, and maybe, you know, some of us 65 will retire, so on and so forth. And the reality is um, the rest of the world doesn't think that way. Mm-mm. They think more circular in their in their way, it, mm-hmm. you know. Whether it's India, which is the reincarnation, and kind of the Buddhist uh, Buddhist parts of India, they believe that everything around you is a regurgitation of the past. Mm-hmm. And so, when I go to groovies and stuff like that, I imagine 
circles in the room. So there's this circle of me, and in that case, it was the CEO of the company's wife, or it could have been her. Um, and then and there was our energy circle. And then there was the energy circle of the dance floor, mm-hmm. which is all these people that were participating. And those were different frequencies. So you, could like, uh, you could appreciate everybody around you. You could appreciate her. And then there was the frequency of the security mm-hmm. that was standing around the dance floor, making sure no one was an idiot. You know, And that's another key element to a good nightclub is, is, is proper security proper security that does right. not, is not overbearing not overbearing, not be overbearing but but let's the meatheads that are just getting drunk and have taken testosterone because they just went to the gym or whatever that just think that they're just going to go out there and manhandle somebody and it'll be fun those securities for that where mm-hmm. it says this is not about um Muscular strength here. This is about precision and skill tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And also about believing in what could happen. You know, And so you've got that circle, and then you have the bar, and then you have the owner of the bar, because he's kind of the owner, and, he, and, and a lot of times he's there. And then you have the city of Oklahoma City, which is that circle. And so you have all these circles that you can pass between at any time. Like right now, we've got this conversation here. Then we have the overall office building that we're in. We've got the reception desk and their communication level that we can tap into. Then we've got the Turner Energy that's here and their whole business operation. Then we've got, you know, Northwest Oklahoma City and then Oklahoma City Greater. Yeah. And these circles are all interacting all at once and we can pass through them and we can feed off of them. And I noticed that when I would imagine the energy of the person dancing next to me hitting my the side of my body and then I, I would try to like analyze and look at it and try to understand it, that was wrong. I finally needed to just let it go and go into my body and then let it flow out my right side of my body to the next person. Mm. And once I was able to do that, then it started making sense and the whole room started radiating and everyone in the room had this option to kind of like, like it was like we were passing around communion, right? Or the offering plate or something. Like the bag goes by and you pass it on to the next person. You may stop and look at it for a second and then you pass around. Well, this circular concept is what actually was energizing everybody. So that's why we were able to stay there and dance solid for nearly five hours. And I had two drinks all night. Yeah. Well, it says that it says also in that article that I, mean, I was I think looking I at four, but I only drank like two. The rest just kind of sad. They just disappeared. You know, girls will take them and they'll take a drink and the next thing you know they're gone but it also said in that in that article that we have over four forty thousand neuron sensories in our heart like we're able to able able to feel those things um it's more than just a pump of blood through your body it's a legitimate mechanism of feels Mm -hmm. of feeling these different things and are able to radiate through these people and it's like a battery Mm -hmm. you know and as that goes on you're able to bump off some of that charge to the next person and next thing you know you have one source that created the movement for the entirety of the um, of the event just by someone having that intuity to want to go and promote that to really when everybody's in sync yes it harmonizes yes and if you look greg braden has a great study about november 11th 2001 the attack on the World Trade Center. September. September 11th. I don't know why I said November. September 11th, just after, like 15 minutes after, they actually have a, uh, the, um, 
National Weather Association has a, a map that shows through their weather satellites, they actually have magnetic fields of, of the Earth, and they monitor this pretty closely because the magnetic field of the Earth is very important to ships as they're traveling and aircraft and all these different things, and it can also tell us a lot about earthquakes that may be coming, migratory bird species and this. And we actually had a strong, one of the strongest on record fluctuation of magnetic frequency, and that was based on the morning like actual weeping and sadness by millions of people felt around the world. And what this article proposes is that the heart begins to emit a frequency that then harmonizes with the overall magnetic frequency of the earth and can actually adjust the whole vibe and feeling of the planet. And so when we have these fundraising events where people get together, like the one we're going to tonight, they are, it's an opportunity to get everybody on a singular voice at a singular moment and then harmonize that heart to produce a sine wave frequency, a standing wave. Like if you take a bunch of transmitters together and you vibrate them together, like for example, in a monk monastery, right? What do they do? They go, um, and that doesn't do anything. But if you do it, um, um, may I? Oh, yeah, the harmony, yeah. Okay, so so that frequency, that harmonization becomes what they call a phantom source. And so we can do the same thing on a heart level when people get together and they start frequencing together. So, and our hearts are the ones that are hearing this. So we really got to train our bodies to stop listening with our ears and our eyes and our brain. And when we get into these events, start listening with our heart. Listen with your heart. That's, I keep going back to that. So she died of brain cancer. Yes. Uh, Roxette. Mm-hmm. Great song. Yeah. Uh, listen to your heart. And if you look at that music video, the guy that's playing the guitar next to her, and they look like aliens in that video. They really do. They are, they're not. I don't know where they're from. But he was actually in love with her. Really? Deeply. Huh. Yeah, deeply. I didn't know that. He, he, uh, they, they, had, <coughs> they had some kind of relationship together. Um, but he, that, that video, he was very... Uh, in love with her and she ended up dying of, of brain cancer um, which is a wild thing to die of oh um, yeah 100 percent um i had a i had a friend uh i actually dated her for some time she had a glioblastoma which was not mm-hmm. technically brain cancer it was a uh it was a tumor a cancerous tumor in her brain and so it, it's insane the things that that affects mm-hmm. the the amount of effect that that has on your body because you never know the first thing that went was her sense like her sense of touch because she started to go numb and she didn't know what it was and she would just immediately start to go numb in her fingers and her like left her right or left side of her body would go numb and she didn't know what it was and I'm like you need to go to the doctor because your whole body going numb like that is not cool it's like and a then, stroke or something yeah it was kind of like that but then like it, and she, it was just day to day normal stuff but the numbness was what was bothering her and it was for days and I'm like go to the doctor and then she found out she had a tumor and so mm. it's insane the amount of trauma that goes into just having one little spot on your brain that's mm. that's just insane to me what did they do i mean like what happened they she ended up uh they ended up having to take out that tumor cutting out as much as they could and uh just grabbing it and if they couldn't grab it all out of there that um and it started to grow more they would have to do the treatment you know different treatments the glioblastoma mm. is normally prominent um I say prominent. It's the the men who get it, the people who get it, mm-hmm. is um, 60-year-old and plus uh, mm. men, white mm. men. And so it's just like 
so strange that a 22-year-old female got it because she's part of the 3% of the world that is not 60-year-old men who get it and so it's insane so they just went through that process and then they uh they ran you know chemotherapy and uh all all of the everything that you would do normally just with trying to get rid of it and she went into remission and then it came back uh, about a year and a half after she went into remission and it attacked fast like it was it was almost it was almost faster than she realized that she had had it originally like wow. it, it was it was about a month span that i heard that she got she, it went bad for her again and then she was pronounced dead like it was it was mm-hmm. insane how quickly it took back over and so was she an organ donor i'm not sure mm-hmm. i'm not i don't know for sure we i had dated her and then we had broken up and then she had went into remission and then mm-hmm. um yeah i wasn't close to her when she had passed or mm-hmm. anything like that but it was it was insane to be there for that process because of because you don't imagine somebody that young getting brain cancer and you don't imagine somebody that young getting affected by something that only happens within like you know 60 year old men and so watching that sorry i keep bringing you back to communication sure, but watching sure. that it's and like watching me right yeah, and exactly. so there was a lot of that that came with that and there was a lot of that that came. Did she change personalities or was it just physical? She um, she almost she almost went into a stage of um I guess she like would revert back to her I wouldn't say childhood. <laughs> I don't want to say that because it makes it sound like she went back to being a child or something, but she became a, very dependent on her parents because her parents were mm-hmm. taking care of her and her mm-hmm. grandmother was taking care of her and so she reverted back into like the the simple things and so it was a lot of the smaller thoughts like the, it wasn't as expansive there wasn't a whole lot of like you know i'm gonna do this whenever we're past this i'm gonna conquer the world you know there wasn't a whole lot of that it was a lot of um the drive to do bigger things kind of started to dwindle yeah and i saw was it. she on medication she was but i don't think that for was pain? from yeah she was on some medication for pain but i don't think that that's where it came from because it really? was deeper than that it mm-hmm. wasn't in like it wasn't in these it wasn't like i'm moments. stoned i don't want to work yeah. yeah it was more okay. like a, i could you could see that the communication level between that circle her family circle you know it, it started to bring her back down to like hey stop thinking about anything outside of here we need to just make sure that isn't we get this that handled. though what happens when we get old don't we do that when we're like 80 and yeah, 90 we go live to... with our kids again and we kind of become kids again we wear diapers and and that's what i always say is we revert. we revert back yeah. to the ways that we were yeah we, we get to this highest point like we spend our entire lives gr- trying to get to the top of this mountain and then once we get back to the mountain we, just, we slowly go back down but on the opposite side mm-hmm. of, of how we are coming up i would say See if you can find there's a guy um the scuba diver that had cancer and dove off the continental shelf to kill himself with nitrogen narcosis. Find out what his name was. But that, that was an incredible story where I, I really related to this guy because I, I was like, that's the way I kind of want to die if I had a terminal disease mm-hmm. is that I would I would um, essentially not, not commit suicide, but like this gentleman... Um, so when you're diving, are you do you scuba dive? I don't, but I know people who do. Okay. I mean. So I 
a lot of a lot of our listeners know I dive a lot. In fact, um, we just had a closing. Andrew Berkman sent me a, a book from California. He said, "Have you ever come out here uh, of the great dive spots in California?" And I appreciate nice. that. It's an old school, but it's like from 1970s. So all the I, I doubt the coral reefs look like that oh, now. Probably not. So but much, the yeah. book is great, and and all the people are wearing these like hot pink and hot lime and like 1980s colors and. And anyways, um, when you're down deep, nitrogen starts to build up in your blood, mm. okay? And, and you, you can only stay down for what they call bottom time. And the deeper you go, the shorter the time you can get down there because the concentration of nitrogen in your blood starts building. And then when you go up, the nitrogen bubbles expand and, you, and they can only exit out of your body at a certain rate. So you got to go up and then Slowly, stop, yeah. wait, and then go up and then stop, wait. Well... Essentially, a, a scuba diver can commit suicide gracefully by diving off into the depths of the ocean, and then the nitrogen starts to then concentrate in their bloodstream to the point where you get what they call nitrogen narcosis, or the slang term is narked. Mm-hmm. What's the guy's name? So uh, he was a Russian diver. It was in April of 2000, Yuri Lipsky, or uh, Lipsky, and he strapped on an air tank and a helmet camera, loaded uh, his belt with weights and plunged into the blue hole he never resurfaced Lipsky died at just over 300 feet underwater at, at this depth the body is subject to nitrogen narcosis which can play havoc on the mind by inducing overconfidence euphoria hallucinations confusion and impaired judgment that's the same thing that you see in a film that I watched do they watched. have that video they, that's what they say uh, so when the so when the diver went to retrieve Lipsky's body at the request of his parents he made an unnerving discovery the footage captured by Lipsky's helmet camera was still intact the doomed diver had recorded his own death all right so they, yeah obviously you gotta find the video yeah they say titled fatal diving accident caught on tape all right see if you can find that video it says but, video on a video <clears throat> unavailable oh on YouTube. youtube took it down yeah why is it that morbid it's probably he the probably fact starts that saying stuff and there's a film that I watched, and I can't remember what the name of the film is, but they basically are they're going they're diving, and um, their equipment goes like something happens with their equipment, and they can't resurface, mm. and so they're down there, and they're running out of oxygen, and as they start to run out of the oxygen and everything, they start to uh, experience this, mm. like apparently, and because of how deep they are they start to go through all of these things and they start to hallucinate and towards the end of the movie, I'm not going to tell you what movie it is so it doesn't ruin anything for you, but as you start to, (coughs) as you start to see like they, like after the climax of the movie or whatever, it seems like they're about to like get out and you know, there's hope and that they're swimming to the back and somebody has come to save them and everything. And all of it ends with the fact that no, they in fact, only hallucinated that they were saved that none of them made it and it's specifically because of that narcosis that they believed and the things that they were saying didn't make any sense like when they were trying to tell the uh, the teams who where were to trying to save them, them where stuff. to find them, it didn't make any sense. Interesting. Or and it all came down that there was not even a team trying to find them because of how far out they were and the, the wow. fact that like, because of the narcosis. Right. Wow. And so that's insane to me. I never understood that until you this. Like this yeah. this this really puts so, it in perspective. Well, that's what I'm saying. So so that's where like the pod and stuff. When we talk, really talk about the human mind. It's so. You know, you know, after death experiences where people kind of recall this, and you really go, you know, could the mind have created that entire experience? You know, and what does that mean if it could? You know, so 
This type of death is something that I kind of identify with for two reasons. Number one, because the chance of just kind of having this wild problem-solving epiphany, you know, and then and then being able to record it. And, and I think if we do find that video and he is talking, I think we need to figure out a way to actually get that on and stream it. Because if he's really talking about some wild stuff and YouTube has decided to that it is not to be released, I think that's fascinating. And number two is you're not burdening your family. I don't want to spend the last year of my life spending a million dollar in the medical care because that's what they do yes. when you're about to die man yes. they stick you in the ICU yes. and the bill goes Whoa. yes yeah, and then they get left yeah. with it after you right. die and they're having to yep. pay for that until even yep. the third generation of yep. that family and they know it too because it's like your son's about to die what do you want to do you know, mm-hmm. it's like you want to fight it. It's yeah. like I don't want to look like I'm just some plug him exactly. Or should we do the heart surgery? Yeah. You know, right. and of course, any person yeah. that has a heart right. is going to say, "Hey, well, do the heart surgery." Yeah, do the Same heart. Thing they do with dogs. I mean, and then they like think about the price tag later on a heart See, transplant for a dog. And I'm like to myself, um, I've had this conversation on my radio show. Like, would you pay for that type of surgery or brain surgery on your dog and this and that? I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. I would take my dog on a really, really long walk in some random place he's never been to and let him take in all the new smells and i would let him enjoy all the new smells and i would do that often until he died right and people are like but he's suffering as soon as i realize dude's starting to suffer i'm gonna i'm gonna you know like a euthanize i'm gonna euthanize or something and that's just my thing because honestly i would want that i don't want i don't want to suffer i don't want to be like and that's the thing i wouldn't like I and that's where where do you see life as? How do you like where do you generally appreciate it? Because if you had could only live life by being like chained to a medical bed for the rest of your days and not truly experience what life has to offer, would you really want to experience that true like sorrow that you would have to deal with on a daily basis? And and now with social media these days, you can you see everybody else having the time of their life and you're just stuck by yourself like, oh well that looked cool. Like now I'm just stuck here. Like you right. get this sense of like, like oh well, that you're that you're the last of the last. Exactly. And that's what I talk about with the difference between the we- the Eastern culture and the Western, where Western is very linear, and that you're the only one that's ever existed, and like it's a big deal when you die and all this, and that's the same mentality when you say no, she can't dance, is that you have this projection of who she should be in your mind, and it doesn't fit it exactly right, and then you go no, she can't dance because it doesn't fit what I've pre-planned in my linear world of what she's supposed to be like. And I hate to bring up hard drugs on this show, but I've heard similar things said about um, LSD that, you know, I feel that the rest of the world is kind of, it works this way. When one person takes LSD with another person in the same room or in the same building or like they're, they're just doing it together, it is not about, it is not the same as marijuana or it's not the same as like cocaine or something where you're, you're like, bro, do you feel it? Are you feeling it and stuff? When you're on LSD from the ways that I've, you know, understood it, 
and the, the ways that I've heard it explained, it is about your interaction with your environment. Yes. And I feel like the rest of the world works that way because mm. your interaction with this environment is a lot different than my interaction with this environment. Mm. You're going to go off today and go, you know, close on a house or do whatever you're going to do. Sure. And it's going to be completely different than me who's going to go back to the radio station and get some stuff recorded. And my interaction with the environment is going to be a lot different than yours, but we are in the same city doing the exact mm. same thing and that's trying to live. But mm-hmm. it's down to your interaction with your surroundings and mm-hmm. it's not going to match up with everybody so you can't think linear you can't be that yes. way you can't you can't do that and that's why face to face communication is so key and that's mm-hmm. why that's so important that's why a phone call is important and he always calls me and is like like why didn't you answer your phone i'm like i'm texting you aren't i but it's <laughs> right? so important Plus flexibility exactly and sure. it's so important to remember that you are not the only person that exists here and you are right. not well, and hearing well, and, and hearing, you might be wrong exactly. well and, and hearing hearing the voice is a lot different than seeing somebody's words hearing how they talk about it their excitement or their general fuel behind what they're talking about gives you an understanding for their placement and what they're talking about. It gives you a better feel for the entire conversation at whole compared to whenever you're reading somebody's words and you're having to read between the lines and be like, well, did they say it like this or did they mean it like this or what have you? So yeah. I just like to go straight to the, you know, straight to the source because that way I can, I don't have to decipher through any of that. I can hear it. I can see it. I can know it all within that sense without having to break through any of the barriers. And perfect example of that is actually through radio, like through uh, advertisement, through um, that emotion-based commercial that you'll hear. Because um, if you want somebody to do a read correctly, let let me take let me take this uh, OKC Real Estate Show. I can read it as OKC Real Estate Show Weekly Market News and Special Guests OKCRealEstateShow.com, or I can smile. And it completely changes the mode. OKC Real Estate Show. Weekly market news and special guests. OKCRealEstateShow.com. Completely different. You're probably going to mess with the second one. Like, the first one is just not even Mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. But smiling is different. Mm -hmm. You know, just it just creates a completely different vibe. And you have a better idea of what you're going to be going to. Because that first one's dry. It's just crusty. It's dead. Whereas if I smile and... I'm like up a little bit. I allow more air in my diaphragm and everything. I'm OKC Real Estate Show, weekly market news and special guests. You're going to be a lot more mm-hmm. into what I just said than mm-hmm. OKC Real Estate Show, uh, weekly market news. Even I don't even feel like I'm reading it the same way exactly. because I, I don't feel like I'm into it as much, but mm-hmm. it's all emotion-based. It's the way, 100%. Right? It's well, all emotion-based. For example, so perfect example, so whenever we do segments um, at the radio station, a food segment um, for Catch Up With Bishop is one of them that's, uh, that we call it, uh, We'll go into the uh, to the radio station. We'll break down with a restaurant of their monthly features. When I'm doing that, I really try to get very, very detailed in the specific ingredients that they have, so that way people are more compelled to that. Because if you just say, "Hey, we have a cheeseburger with with uh, Doritos on here," people are going to be like, "All right, that's cool." But if you really, "Hey, we have an Angus beef patty that's seasoned in taco seasoning that has yeah, fresh," you're selling you know, an experience. Exactly. Exactly. 
Sure. And it's the same way with communication in general. You have mm. to be able to connect with another person to fully understand how you've got to communicate with that person. Because with you, if mm. we're texting back and forth, I'm probably not right. going to understand how many of these different stories you're going to be able to pull. But hearing you talk about the things that you talk about, mm. you're obviously well-versed in it. You obviously mm. have read it before. But even then, you are excited to tell me about it. If sure, you text me sure. some of this stuff, I'd be like, well, what the heck is this guy texting me about? I don't even understand what this is. Right. So right. It's, it's Well, it's, no, there's a certain element of texting that you kind of are snake charming them into a call. Yeah. You know? Mm. And that happens with women a lot. Very interesting. Where, where you, you, you are kind of... You're playing a game. Right. You're playing a game. Because you want that call. Yeah. And then the call leads to the, um, you know, the meeting. Uh, you know, and, and let's just phrase it this way. I read an, an incredible article about um, escorts in Oklahoma City. And uh, we've on and off had a very uh, big problem with prostitution in Oklahoma City. Massive problem. Um, South Robinson is like, you know, has just recently had a bust where they got like 12 in one night. Um, and it was all males. They really were just busting the guys, um, mm-hmm. you know, as they were going up asking the undercover officer. But um, that's the old school style. New school is online. You know, you can mm-hmm. find them online. And then um, the guy, you know, one of the things this article talked about is it's the complete opposite of what we normally do in society where we snake charm them to get them to get on the phone. And then once they're on the phone, then we get them on a date and we buy them all this food and all these presents. And then we have sex with them. And then we're arrogant enough to say, no, that's not prostitution. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that's dating. Fuck no, that's yeah, not exactly. Dating. Well, they say that's, I just read an article that said one out of every th- or one out of three women have went on to a date specifically for the free food. Yeah, specifically for the free food. One out of three women. One out of three. Yeah. So, anyways, so what this article says, and it's basically. If you want to get the actual girl to show up, it's the complete opposite of what you would think. You don't say, hey, can you send me a picture or how's it going tonight? The first initial text is, when are you available? Mm. Yeah, you got to get the you got to get the brass tacks yeah. out. You know, yeah. you got to get down to it. Never talk about the rate or anything on the text. It's when are you available? Boom. And then supposedly she responds this time and then you uh, meet. And then when you meet, you discuss the pricing. Although a lot of the sites they said now have the pricing right on the site. Mm -hmm. So you know what you're kind of getting yourself into. And then you take an envelope, unmarked, white envelope full of cash. And at some point you might kind of look towards the corner of the room where that's at. And then she kind of steals the envelope as she leaves. Yeah. Okay. And that's how there's zero proof that there was anything going on because she stole an envelope out of your room like right what you know like that's terrible yeah so there's no actual evidence to be able to 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 stop it and so what it is it's it's an adult that could be 21 that understands the concept that's been going on for Tens of thousands of years. Actually, it's the oldest uh, form. Of, yeah, capitalism. Yeah. yeah. All right. We almost out of time. Okay. <clears throat> well, we'll wrap up with this though. It's it's an, the article basically talks about how it is the dichotomy of everything we talk about in society because they've made it illegal. And I want you to think for a moment and then answer what you know. We've 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 legalized just in the last two years. We've legalized 
full strength alcohol in Oklahoma mm-hmm. City and watch that change the entire night scene. Mm-hmm. And and bar sales have gone up tremendously. Uh, microbreweries have just flourished. Uber and right. Lyft, Uber and <coughs> Lyft, as well as skyrocketed because of that. Right, because national manufacturers can now serve their product here. Mm-hmm. And it can be cold and it can be, you know, unrestricted and it's not taboo anymore. And now they did the same thing with marijuana as mm-hmm. far as medical wise. And, right. and, and it's hilarious. It's you're basically an idiot if you don't get a medical marijuana card because y- you can get it for the smallest little thing. Right. If you want to participate in it, you're you're lazy or broke. Yeah. You know, if you don't just pay the two hundred dollars and get your card. Well, and the stigma has changed so yeah. much; it was completely yeah. against it. I mean, they had know, a bar like... last night. A buddy was sending me a video of it where they were celebrating the one year anniversary, and because everybody's got their card there, it was at uh, the place we're going tonight. Well, there might, have been another one. there might have been another one there. Yeah. This was a larger venue. I don't know oh. where the venue was. Okay. It was some uh, girl in her, like 55 that was in all white with a cowboy hat that all lit up. Oh, not the same thing I saw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. No, but she, uh, yeah, they're just openly smoking there. Um because the people have their cards and it's not illegal, you mm-hmm. know? And and so it's just interesting to see. And, and, and I just wonder if at one point, prostitution becomes legalized next what's that gonna do it's gonna do probably the thing that people are afraid that it's gonna do and it's gonna make sex so much more convenient it's gonna well not not convenient nobody's afraid of the convenience of sex being like more readily available the thing Mm -hmm. that they're gonna be afraid of is that sex will be so much more open and so much more like less acceptable acceptable it's more there will be such an more open mind you know like about sex in general that being in the bible belt it's going to make it seem like we're being heathens and that we're you know we're basically giving in to the devil's you know yeah but yeah but let's get real we had a contractor and you know who you are you probably listen to the show (laughs) i know who you know you know who you are no he comes here we're, we've got a building for sale in Dell City, which is a very difficult city to do business in uh, for a lot of different reasons. But finishes the long day of trying to get his, his workers doing what they need to do because he's trying to get this building ready to sell. Mm-hmm. And we are on the market with it, and he goes to get a massage that night, and he literally said, Lennon, it was unbelievable. I'm getting a massage. I was so exhausted and tired and everything. I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, I'd had a couple beers because I just wanted to relax. It had just been stressful. And the next thing I know, this Asian woman is having sex with me. Wow. She put a condom on my penis, and she sat on top of it. <laughs> Just the, how, how, like, somebody's like, that was unbelievable. I'm like, no, I, I believe that. I'm like, that's not that unbelievable, my friend. I've heard about this happening quite a bit. So I'm going to need you to reword how you're going to say it. We need to get to a point where, like, sex needs to be less of, like, a taboo thing, but... It's it's really funny the way that certain people want to do it, and then there's others who are like, no, it's going to ruin this about this economy. Well, and they say that it's going to pour, it's going to be a negative effect on our youth. But I mean, look where that's already going. Like, we're I mean, children are getting children are getting yeah. pregnant at uh, at the youngest rate we've right. ever seen. Right. Dude, children are getting pregnant in seventh grade, in eighth mm-hmm. grade, well, in our in condoms in what was it elementary school? Mm-hmm. Now, and it's it's socially but, acceptable yeah. to have a child in middle school mm-hmm. back 
when that was completely frowned upon in mm. our parents' days, in our right. you know, in our days. Thing is, dude, we'd have to stop people from doing Tide Pods in dab rigs. Like we had to stop that from happening. Mm. Like people had to physically tell their children to stop eating Tide Pods. And they got to put the warning or whatever. Exactly. Right? So yeah. as long as don't eat it, that's not happening. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's it, it being regulated is going to make it so much better for that scene. You know what I mean? Right. So well, like what it's doing with marijuana. Marijuana it really is alcohol. And it's changed yep. the stigma yep. completely. Right. That's what well, I'm and saying. it's a lot healthier and yes. it's everything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the education level. And I think a lot of you know when we did we had C B D plus which was on the show Jake Chilcote. He took me on a tour Jake's of their a good person. Great person. Yeah. We went through their factory there, and there's like factory workers, you know, rolling joints. Yeah. I mean, it was this fascinating whole thing. And they're the fastest growing franchise as of last year. They went from two stores to 52 stores oh, in nine oh. months' time. Mm-hmm. Just an amazing story. That's episode like 36 or something like that. Nice. Um, you can check that full episode out. We really just talked about CBD, but then when we did the tour of their factory, then they, they actually had weed because they were preparing for the law change. And actually, the law had already changed at that point. Um, but the education now, where they have strands that are specifically for the working class, mm-hmm. and to and to in, in, ingest them to help you work better, yes. yeah. versus this old facade of reefer's madness, where uh-huh. you're just going to be this lazy yes. outcast and just and and there and or there even was, in the '90s, even in the '90s right. when they'd have those videos, those they would be trying oh, to go those man. commercials against and be like, you see, Tara. Tara doesn't do anything anymore. Tara has just become this in deflated, and she's like a deflated human being chilling mm-hmm. on the couch. That was hilarious. And she's though. like, Tara doesn't do anything anymore because she just smokes pot. <laughs> right. I, right. I used to have a friend that used to do a lot of stuff with me, but now she doesn't do anything but smoke weed. Like, I mean, the stigma, even that, and that was in the, that was in the late 90s, early 2000s, a commercial that was put on marketed that television. Was like George Bush Sr. Yes. The war on drugs. Side thought yeah. on that, though. Second Can I get a strand? of marijuana that actually helps <laughs> that, me deflate like a little bit because the exercisers diet <laughs> exactly that's what it is all right gentlemen well it's been a pleasure having you guys in the studio today um wow we've covered a lot of topics a lot of stuff um you know every day's a new day on the oklahoma city real estate show um all in all though what's your projections for oklahoma city oklahoma city is making a lot of different changes there's a lot of things that have been coming to the city that have been basically moving us into the modern realm of being a bigger city and that's really what we've been sitting on the line of is being you know a springfield missouri or a dallas texas you know Mm. which direction are we going in and so the nba came in with the thunder a while ago and that changed the city as we knew it and then all these different uh things started happening throughout the city the expansion of downtown and they're starting to come a long way with that and even improvements on the outskirts like towards edmund and filling in the gaps where there's not a whole lot of well, construction and construction. stuff yes road so fixings that, that need to fix yeah exactly for years. so that happening the uh, alcohol laws changing the marijuana law coming through the mayor of oklahoma city acknowledging pride week there's just so many things that oklahoma city has been doing recently that have been changing there's a lot more hip-hop shows coming through the edm scene has completely like increased which means that there's not just country music here Mm. there's not just country music there's a lot of other scenes going on here there's venues popping up left and right some of them close some more of them thrive there's uh theme parks talking about coming to the city there's bigger movie theaters 
there's a lot of expansion in the city, which means a lot for the people here, which means a lot for the culture, which means we have a lot more districts that are going to start popping up. Yeah. I imagine mm-hmm. a lot like Paseo, you know, arts or arts district, and then you've got the Plaza district. All of these different areas that focus on different things are starting to pop up, and so we're becoming a bigger city. Like with Manhattan. All these, well, like and they're Manhattan. growing too. Yep. And these yeah. these kind of, these cities that were two star, you know, that were two star cities that had you know a very small amount of population are growing at an exponential rate. Exactly. And these these towns that were small towns have grown into highly recognized cities throughout not just the state but throughout the entire country. Right. And that right there it, it, that along with the way that we've been seeing all these changes come about and how quickly they're happening we're about to hit that bell curve excellent where we okay gentlemen i am officially late for my closing so i'm gonna i'm gonna depart here and head over there um i, I think he was actually late too so we're both gonna be late but Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, for more information, you can visit OKCRealEstateShow.com. You can also see some live streams of some of our interviews around Oklahoma City on OKCRealTV.com. Thanks for listening.